When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Still having a look at slightly favors the right footer here, but Griffiths, having got the goal, goes again. Oh! This is the Hamden Roar, a Scottish football podcast that gives you an insight into the international careers of some of Scottish football's biggest names. This week's guest is former Celtic, Middlesbrough and Motherwell centre-back Stephen McManus, who sat down with me at Fur Park. So Stephen, welcome to the Hamden Roar, thanks very much for coming on. I suppose there's only one place to start. What were your memories of the Scotland team growing up? Who were your idols? Uh, growing up, Paul McStay was, was a big hero of mine, um, both at, at Celtic but certainly for Scotland as well. So my first kind of memories were, were, were watching the Scotland games on the telly. Um, it would have probably been mid to late 80s, I would say. Um, obviously the disappointment in not seeing Scotland qualified since France 98. It's been, yeah. been a, a difficult one, but you're in my generation, you're used to seeing Scotland playing in, in, in major tournaments. So that would have been 86, 90? First one would have been, I can't really remember 86, but I remember likes of uh, Italian 90 and then the Euros at, at 92, missed out in 94, 96 and obviously 98. So uh, that kind of era, my generation as such was, was watching Scotland playing in national tournaments, which was which was terrific. I'm sure good memories that a lot of people my age certainly don't have. Uh, exactly, and, and I never thought even back then watching that you would have never have seen certainly another well, major final since France 98 which is disappointing you know but certainly for my childhood it was you were always playing you were always playing couple of doubles outside yeah. and you were always you were always whether it was Mo Johnson Paul McStay whoever it was it was they were always the, the kind of heroes that you looked up to so absolutely absolutely and when you were younger did you ever envisage yourself going on to play for Scotland did you think that was a that was always a, a dad you know I, I knew I was when I was a young kid I knew I was I was I was, I was better technically than than all my kind of pals when you were at, at primary school you were always the, the kind of best one and you're kind of you were 
class. You broke into the school team at a young age in comparison to kind of everybody else. But you just played football for the enjoyment. So I knew that I, I was I was better than most people. Um, and then you started to get involved at, at different football clubs and whatnot. You, I was at Hibs as a kid. I was at Celtic as a kid. Obviously, that's where I ended up coming through. Um, I went down to Everton, Aston Villa, Newcastle, and at that time you were you were playing mm-hmm. constantly. Where every night of the week your parents were taking you to a different a different club to yeah. train. So um, you always knew that, that that that's what you wanted to be. It was, it was always going to be a difficult challenge to be able to realise your dreams. But it's certainly one of the highlights in my career was definitely making my international debut. Well, and going on to achieve twenty six yeah. caps. The first of those could have been you were just telling me in the Cowan Cup, but that yeah. didn't come to fruition. So yeah. could you run that? Past yeah. Me? What ha- what happened was I had uh, I had made my debut under Martin O'Neill maybe two years earlier at Celtic. Um, played a few games under Martin, then Gordon came in, and then Gordon quite liked what he saw, um, and and that was when I became a regular at Celtic. And then I think I had at that time Walter was taking taking the Scotland squad, and were doing very well. Um, so I knew it was going to be you taking a sit and kind of bide your time. So I felt like I had did that in that first season uh, when you played every week at Celtic, and then I get called up to the squad for the Kerrin Cup, which I was really looking forward to going. And then Gordon decided that it was all the Scottish boys that were involved in it, the Celtic boys that were in the Scotland squad at that time had to had to go and play in two testimonials and Roy Keane's testimonial and Alan Shearer's testimonial. But it was great. It was great occasions, and 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 you you, you do what the manager tells you. So I had no problems. I had no problems missing out. Obviously, I would have loved to have been involved because you would have, you would have got another couple of caps possibly. But it was great. It was great times. Nice though to know that you were being recognised and yep. you were on the radar. You eventually then broke into the team the following season. Came off the bench against Ukraine. Yep. What was it like to, to make your debut? It was funny, you know, because I had been in I'd been in a couple of squads before that. Um, the first time I think I wasn't stripped. I think we played the Pharaohs at, at Celtic Park. Uh, then I was on the I think it was. A, the, the France game where Gary Caldwell scored that was I was involved in that and we had, we had went to a gathering at St Andrews the month before I'm sure and that was a kind of get together for the squad so it, it was it was great you knew everybody anyhow because from playing against mm-hmm. them um, and playing with them as well so it was it was it was no problems and, and it was great just to kind of get involved but it was it, making your, getting your, your first cap although it was in quite surreal circumstances because I was coming on and I remember Walter Smith saying to me right he's going to put you on left midfield and I'm saying <laughs> left midfield because they're just going to go diagnose for me mm-hmm. to come and head I think and then I think it was Stephen Presley get sent Presley off get that recorded, right. yeah. and then it was Walter was like right, change of plan you're going to set half so it was my natural position and then and then Walter left not long after that yeah. game you had players I suppose like Presley yep. Weir, Caldwell and Daly in front of you yep. how much of a challenge was it to to break into that eleven, uh, listen, it was it was difficult, but I always believed in myself because of the club that I was playing at. I was playing week in week out at Celtic. You had you had so I, I knew that if any of them, were, the chances were if they were coming to our club, they would have probably have, mm-hmm. have, have found it difficult to at that time to dislodge myself and Bobo Baldy in the team. So I, I knew that it was I knew that that was the level that I was capable of playing at because of what where I was playing every week. I think it's different if you're if you're at a lesser club, but, but when you're playing at Celtic, I, I think if, if players are playing every week at the old, either of the old firm and they're performing at the levels that we did then, it was always going to be a kind of natural mm-hmm. progression then to playing that become a regular for Scotland. You touched on it a wee minute ago. Uh, Walter Smith left. Yeah. What was your reaction to that? Because he was the one that had brought you into. The yeah, Celtic. listen, Tommy was obviously part of his backroom staff. I'd worked with Tommy for years. Tommy had known me as well, and it was a brilliant setup within the within the camp there when I broke in. You know, there was 
Walter was the manager and then you had Coyste and, and, and Tommy which was absolutely brilliant <laughs> it was a laugh a minute every single minute you were in training walking about the hotel no matter what it was it was it was great fun to be around so Good. Um, I knew that it was it was it was going to be difficult what you would the players would miss uh, Walter obviously but I had only been involved a short period of time so it was great that they had brought me in but I was looking forward to, to, to whoever was going to come in next which was Alex McLeish yep. what were your first impressions of him as a manager yeah I, I was impressed you know I had, he had come in and I think he had done a, a piece in the paper um, a couple of weeks before it maybe and it was quite complimentary of how I was doing at Celtic and what he kind of thought so when you get the job I could have had a rough idea that, that, that you were going to be in his thoughts um, again we went in a, a squad gathering which was kind of a lot of players so that he could look at and then he was going to obviously have a, a final cut as such with the players that he felt was going to be mm-hmm. in his squad and I was lucky enough to be in that So, but I really enjoyed my time working under him and that was I think his first game was, was Georgia at home if I'm right and, and that was my first start Was that a smooth transition in between the two? Yeah, very. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, listen, we had, at that time you had players that were playing week in, week out down south. You played at Celtic. They were playing at Rangers, so you had a, a very good pool of players to to, to pick from. So, um, the squad kind of more or less picked itself, if I remember rightly. Was there a shock though when when Smith left? Uh, no, I wouldn't. I think the lads that had been with him for a longer period of time. Possibly felt there would have been, but I think it was too good an opportunity for him. He turned down going, going back to Rangers. It was his club. It was Coisty's club as well. So um, it was it was quite funny because the, the next day actually we went into work at, at Celtic Park and Tam Burns came into the first team dressing room as, as Tam always did. And I think he grabbed his, his toilet bag and he says, "Right, that's me left boys. I'm about to join the dream team." So he was kind of tongue in cheek as if he was going to Ibrox with Kenny. Kenny McDowell and Coyste and Walter, which was just typically he told me Burns, you know. So that's brilliant. Just he's he was remarkable as a man, as a as, as a coach, everything you know. And, and Tommy was a big big part of that of that that group. Excellent. So McLeish's first game, Georgia, yep. looked like it was going to end in a bit of a yep. disaster. Craig Beatty pops up. Is that just relief rather than euphoria at that point? As I thought, I know if it was a disaster. You know what I mean. I think if you think you were getting we drawn one each or something, or was it nothing? Each it was, it was one one. One each. So that's a, that's the thing when you when you play with Scotland and you're at home. Everybody else thinks if you don't win the game, no matter who the opposition is, it's a disaster. It's a but listen, it's, international football's tough. Mm-hmm. It's very tough. You know, it's tough to get results because we're no blessed with with the best players in the world that can dictate the tempo of games, but. We felt that we were better at the better side against Georgia, but we know it was going to be difficult, and it was great that we we kind of kept the momentum going that Walter had built. So first start for you, then did yep. you feel that was you a firm, solid piece of the furniture in the, no, the Scotland team? No, only that was your first game. You had to make sure that you you played and you played well. If, if if you never played well, you wouldn't play the next game. So my focus was 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 to make sure that I could I could keep my my starting place in the team. What did you make of your performance? Do you remember it well? Uh, it must have been. I ended up in the first day, the 26 yeah. caps, so it couldn't have been that bad because you ended up playing for quite a few times after that as well. So I, I remember it being, like you see, I, I was at an age and I was at a club where I was playing week in, week out. I didn't think international football, I thought the level was higher when you play against the top, top sides. But at that point, I was playing Champions League games at Celtic, so it was the transition was no problem. It was a... A horrible group, really, mm-hmm. to be drawn into. Yep. That one with Italy, France, and Ukraine. Ukraine. Three teams that had been at the quarterfinal stage, mm-hmm. and then further two finalists of the World Cup in 2006. Yep. 
But you had 12 points um, after five games, I believe. Yes, 12 points after five games. Did the squad, looking forward, did they think we've, we were in contention here? Any, any of the squads I had been in, you always felt it was because you knew, you knew it was good players that you were playing with. You knew that you, you had a real good chance. That was our biggest regret probably was, was not beginning a major tournament. But listen, you gave it absolutely everything. There was always the kind of wee... When you look back now and reflect, there's always the kind of defining moments as such. But when you're involved in the the heat of the battle as such, you're only interested in the next game and, and trying to win, focus on, on getting the three points. Drilled in by Maloney. Ask on the nuggets! And an eruption, sheer delight! And Stephen McManus has his first goal for his country! When Scotland demanded someone to deliver, it was Stephen was the, the double header at home against Lithuania mm-hmm. and France your first goal came against yep. Lithuania is that how you envisaged that off your knee into the roof of the net uh, I wasn't really caring to be <laughs> honest you know I think you're, listen, not everybody's lucky enough to score for their country so I was one of the ones that was privileged enough to do it so and it was a it, it, was, a, it was a moment in the game that, that kind of that got us kind of on top mm-hmm. if I remember rightly so um, great delivery and just sometimes you need to improvise and I was lucky enough for me that you managed to get, get on the end of it how did it feel to, to score for your country? That's a kind of, it was the pinnacle as such of when, when, you're looking, when you think that's because the place just went into an uproar like I said when you were, when you were at Celtic or Rangers at the time you, one half of the city loves you one half of the city kind of suffer you so when you play with Scotland it was a real mm-hmm. togetherness um, and again it was, it, it was a pivotal moment in my career There was quite a core of old firm mm-hmm. players back then mm-hmm. what was it like the, the two lots mixing brilliant you know us Celtic Rangers players got on very well they got on very well because they've got so much in common because nine times out of ten whatever one set of players is, is experiencing the others going through a very similar path as well so there was always that respect level with players when you when you play for Scotland and everybody got on very well That was all, that's always been for me that's been one of the biggest trends when you go away with Scotland is that everybody's singing off the same hymn sheet the game that followed on from Lithuania yep. was uh, France away. Yep. I'm sure that is one of the finer memories yep. of your career. Tell me about that. I remember. I remember before the game, everybody was very calm. You know, everybody thinks certainly in the Scotland teams that I'd played in there were goals, people shouting and screaming and hitting their head off the wall. You get yourself motivated. That, that's kind of not what happens with, with with top players. Top players are ready to play in any kind of environment. Um, so you, you, you almost need to kind of rein it in a wee bit rather than getting anybody psyched up because you're already motivated that's why you've got to the level that you're playing at it's because of how motivated you are so it was very calm as usual in the dressing room a, a couple of words were said but nothing nothing that wasn't done before we knew it was a big game but we played in big games before That was that, that's what happens when you when you play at big, big clubs and you're an international player you're, every game's a big game um, we knew we were up against a very good side they had proved that against as at Hamden but you want to in these kind of games I always think you're always trying to get in there, like 15 minutes into the game then half an hour if you can get to half time and still be in the game then you've done well and, and, and we defended very well as a team right for Faddy up top mm-hmm. all the way through the midfield the back four mm-hmm. Craig in goals was, was terrific in the night as well so in big games you need your big, your big players to step up Is that one of the the tougher tests you faced then for Scotland France away, or is there any really that supersede that? No, listen, that was definitely that was definitely one of the hard. Every game that you played for Scotland was was, was tough. Like I said, because you're you're not dominating the ball, and, and teams are, are more organised and, and and got a lot more discipline now than what they did in previous years. So, um, but the France away game certainly the one that, that sticks out in your mind.
Tell me about the moment the ball hits the net then when McFadden strikes it. It's funny because I've, I've, I've spoken about this before. Um, it wasn't so much the ball hitting the net. I, I was right behind it when, when I was I was obviously left centre back here, back four. So when the ball kind of came down, I was standing right behind James. Um, I think Stephen Pearson was just in, he was slightly in front of me as well. And as soon as he took his touch, you're saying just get us up the pitch, get because at that point we were very much camped in. Yeah. So you were trying to get up the pitch, but he just decided to let it fly. And as soon as as soon as the ball left James's foot, it was like in slow motion because you could see it was right behind it, and you could just see the ball rising and rising. And you think the goalkeeper's not in the right position here. It just looked to me as if he was struggling to struggling to. to um, you get the kind of line yeah. of the flight of the ball, so and then when it hit the net, it was it was just utter disbelief <laughs> and because of the way the game had went. Yeah, we'd played well, but we were defending constantly, <laughs> um, and it was a terrific strike. Just at that point, James had that about him. Any time he played with Scotland, something magical happened, um, and it was at that point the probably wasn't it between James and Kenny and, and, and Chris Boyd I think they were the kind of three strikers at the time you knew that something was going to happen between any one of the three of them they all delivered throughout that yep. campaign. campaign McFadden scored several outstanding yep. goals Ukraine at home yep. Lithuania at home yep. obviously yep. France away one thing I want to ask you about I wasn't in Paris I was mm. I think I'd just turned 13 or 14 during that game yep. but the footage that I've seen uh, mm. of the national anthems it honestly sounds like it could have been a home game for Scotland, yeah. the amount of away fans that were packed in there and how loud they were. Mm-hmm. What are your memories of that? Um, it was, it, it, like I said, it was back then. I, I felt all the atmosphere that was the norm. You know, it's known to, because that's what you grew up playing. In. Yeah, I think it's when you're, if you're at a, a club like Muddle just now, and you've got two thousand, three thousand, four thousand kind of fans that are singing, and then you go into an atmosphere where there's fifty thousand, sixty thousand, whatever it may be. It can be, it can be a wee bit daunting, but that was. That was what we were. That was what we did. That was the norm for us mm-hmm. to play in these kind of because you were lucky enough to play in big games. But anything you went away from home, the, the Tartan Army, Tartan Army were terrific. You know they were vocal, and even the games at home, everybody talks about now that they move it to Hamden, and there's no better country, there's no better stadium, in my opinion, than to be at Hamden when it's full and when mm-hmm. it's rocking. The problem is, is when you're trying to get it, and it's not a full house. It's it can be difficult. Yeah. Well, like it was. Back then, I suppose, what's that now? Yeah. 12, 13 yeah. years ago. One game that it was particularly rocking for, I remember, was Ukraine at home. Yeah. Scotland 2 0 up after 10 minutes. Yeah. The goal that Lee McCulloch scores yeah. from the, the free kick, how much work went into that sort of thing on the, on the training ground? Not not just for that goal, but how much time was set aside for things like that? Yeah, well, listen, that, that's part and parcel of the game. You know, that's that, that was what you do. You work on set pieces. Set pieces are, even that, you know, they're, they're a vital part of the game. and and everything was worked on. Everything was there was nothing kind of really off the cuff. Um, we always worked on things. That's what, what good managers do, and that's what Alec and, and Roy and, and Andy Watson did as well. So everybody knew their role, and it was it was great. After the Ukraine game yep. was the moment where the country sort of sat up and realised how close Scotland yep. were to a major finals. Uh-huh. With Georgia away, followed by Italy at home. It's been touched on a million times um, since it happened, but. Yep. From your perspective, what went wrong in Georgia? We never performed at all on the night the way we should have. You know, we never, we never played at the same intensity. We never played at the same tempo. Um, I remember they, I think was it two or three younger players that they had playing that night. I think one was being the goalkeeper, and I think the whole team talking and the whole kind of rigmarole, everything was to, to make sure that we put pressure on the goalkeeper early. And I don't think we had a shot on target that night. So it was, as such, it was kind of typical. How much did the, the pressure get to the players? 
because they really were on the verge of no, I, of qualifying I, from such a difficult group. I, I, I don't think it was pre- certainly wasn't the pressure that the, when you're involved in these kind of things, you don't really feel it. If you're kind of used to pressurised situations, it's there's always going to be nerves, but pressures how that's what you deal with if you're an international player you need to deal with these kind of pressures and that usually that's what you find that the ones that don't handle pressure are the ones that probably don't play at that kind of level so we, we just felt bitterly disappointed and again even when you look back now if somebody says to me what's your biggest regret in a Scotland jersey it would be that game that, that game because you were you were so close you knew it was at stake and you never delivered on that stage you know it was, it was, it was a real tough one to take well you were inches from blocking the, mm-hmm. the second goal. Yeah. Fine margins really, mm-hmm. isn't it, between such a massive step towards yeah. success and then a step backwards. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's it was it's just one of the, that's what happens throughout your career, you know, there's 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 these pivotal moments that that when you look back and that's what I touched on earlier. Even now in the, in the last game that Scotland played against Georgia, it just, just brings everything back to you, you know, and you it's it's the one even looking I can I can see the stadium I can see the strip that we wore even the strip wasn't a, the normal Scotland yeah, strip as such red, it, that red we played in and it was just it was just one of the nights where it was a disaster for us. Well, Scotland were still in with a chance of qualifying, but yep. a massive test yep. against Italy. What was it like? The build up to the that build up game? was amazing, like, absolutely terrific. The full week there was a real belief. There was there was. A, you, in our mind, we were saying, no matter who it was that you were playing against, that you were going to you were going to win the game. We knew Italy were extremely strong. We know there were some world class players in their team as well. But the belief that we had throughout the campaign, we just felt this was our time. And unfortunately, again, felt the, the kind of final hurdle. You know, it was a night game, and I, I remember it being really wet. The atmosphere was electric, absolutely terrific. And then we lost a goal after thirty seconds just to wipe the, the cat take the rug right under our feet as such so we, we never made it easy for ourselves that's for sure There was a real surge of momentum though mm-hmm. when Ferguson scored McFadden had that chance when yeah. he was at the back post and he was stretching for it we're still in with a shout of qualification yeah. right until that free kick is given <laughs> I'm assuming to you it, it, was, it was as obvious to you as it was everyone watching oh, on TV it was, never a, it was never a free kick never a free, never a free kick but again these things these things happen you know we, when we gave the free kick away we never defended the box we never defended the cross and and, and that, again, that there was just a feeling that the, the full campaign had you had lost it within t- a couple of minutes. But again, going back to when you when you sat and reflect on the full campaign, it was probably the Georgia game that was was the one that that, that we failed to capitalise on the opportunity that we had. How deflating was that result? Very, it was very, you know. But at the same time, when you're in that moment, you're just looking for them. As soon as that campaign come in, you look for the next game. You look to the next campaign because that's what you do. Everything just, everything just rolled on to the next one. It's not until you get that wee bit older and your career starts to slow down that you think you wish you had appreciated that a wee bit more while it was while it was still going on. McLeish left yep. um, for Birmingham City not yep. long after that. What are your mm-hmm. memories of that announcement? And and were you upset? Uh, disappointed? Well, disappointed. You know that again. It was it was a good opportunity for Alec to take it down into, into the Premier League. I think it was at the time that opportunity was the right time for he probably felt for him to go down. And, and again, you were just looking forward to, to the next manager to come in. So it was George Burley. Yeah. Um, we're drawn into a World Cup qualifying group. Just just five teams: yep. Holland, Norway, Macedonia, and Iceland. Yeah. On paper, really good opportunity yep. for Scotland to to try and do something mm-hmm. there. What were your first impressions of Burley? Um, it was. His first impression, it was different. The intensity, kind of training, and the organisation was was good, but it wasn't at the level that, that 
that, that had been at previous. You know, we had Stephen Presley had come in who was terrific. I, Stephen was my teammate at Celtic at the time. Um, so I got on terrific really, really well when. And you always try and kind of make sure that the sessions are, are, are on on point and you're giving absolutely everything at certainly club level when you go away for when you go away with your international teams it's it's difficult because you can't train at that high intensity because the players aren't mm-hmm. the club aren't Scotland's players or club players so players kinda can can tend to make sure that they don't train as as high enough intensity in case they pick up injuries so so you find that the training then drops a wee bit. Um that's just because it's everybody's kinda looking after themselves. The managers don't want to lose the players that because they'll get a bit of stick yeah. for the, the club manager so it's a difficult one to try and get right but again really enjoyed working under under George Burley and Stephen and, and, and Terry Butcher As far as starts to the qualification campaign yeah. although it was poor away yeah. to Macedonia yeah. I've read and heard so much about the conditions mm-hmm. uh, the weather conditions in that game yeah, what was it like? Unbelievable one of the hottest I think I've ever played against um, how, much, played how much of a disadvantage is that to you and how advantageous is it for it's Macedonia? A dis- it's a disadvantage for us because we're not used to we're not, we weren't used to that heat. Um, our, our, as, a, as a nation, your strength as a team is to play in the front foot, to be aggressive, to to to, to be right up at people as such. And then when you take that away, you're 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 not the same kind of team, and, and they were a lot better. And I think it was Goran Goran Pandev they had playing for them that night. And again on the day we were they were better than us. Well, you went on then to play Iceland a 2-1 yeah. victory away from home yeah. you get sent off yeah. for a handball is that a mm-hmm. justified decision or do you believe it was harsh uh, it was probably by the rules it was a handball I, I went up to for the head and, and it hurt me in the hand but that night we played really well we defended really well we played very well and um, we won the game that right 2-1, right? Two-one. so uh, it was good it was, McFadden it, missed the penalty and Robson that's right tackled him yeah. that's, a, that's <laughs> pretty much like Robbo tackling anybody yeah <laughs> So it was, a, it was a really good performance, really good performance. Like I said, there's never any easy games when you play with Scotland and any time you're away from home. It was a real togetherness and the boys were, were terrific. We were thumped by Norway mm-hmm. in that group and also that was the uh, the home yep. the, the home match against Norway yep. where Chris Willemo yep. missed that. How yep. do the squads react to that? Do they rally around the play like that? or is Yeah, you know, listen, you did die because it could have been you, that could have been anybody. You know, but Chris, real good lad, real, real good lad and a real difficult opponent to play against. Um, and everybody just rallied around them as you would expect. You know, you don't throw anybody under the bus whatsoever. It's it was, it was he would have scored that nine times out of ten. He missed it at the, the final moment, but listen, that's that's the way it goes sometimes. The Holland game, the final one mm-hmm. of that group. I, I'm sure that Scotland needed a point to mm-hmm. to end up in the playoffs. Holland yeah. came and won. Was there? Can you draw comparisons between that and the Italy game? The Holland were very good. I think at that point I had just come back from an injury at Celtic so I wasn't expecting to play and then I played in both games so um, I certainly in the Holland game I played I can't remember if it was a double header or not but uh, again they were fully top top sides but there, would, there didn't seem in, in that campaign there didn't seem to be a, as, as much of a togetherness and a belief from outside mm-hmm. as what there was in the previous campaign I would definitely say that there didn't seem to be that that bit of togetherness. There, there wasn't the same momentum through no, the, the no, groups. No, definitely not. And just the feel-good factor between everybody, between fans, players, everywhere about the place that had just lost that wee edge, I felt. At that point, did you start to notice a shift, a, a, perhaps a shift in the quality of the players that were involved in the squad compared uh, to the players that were playing under Smith and, and McLeish? 
and no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say so because a lot of the players were still, and there was younger ones coming through. That's what happens with you get with international football. There's always that transition because players can't play on forever. Um, but I, I, there's certainly not a, a drop in quality. The younger ones who were coming in were, were, were definitely just as good as well. Which it was. It, it was just the performances were weren't at the level that they should have been. When that qualification campaign ends, it's been 12 years yeah. since since Scotland have done it. I don't think anybody. Mm-hmm. Thought it would maybe it would end up in twenty. Yep. But at that point, twelve years, does it start to mount up a wee bit? Do the players start to? No, worry? not at all. No. They don't start to worry because they've not been involved in the last twelve. It's a, it's, it's Do a they feel play. the responsibility? No, you can only play in the era that, that that you've that you've been involved in. So your record is the era that you've played in. There's no point as a player looking and thinking, saying. Scotland haven't qualified for the last 20 years in major competitions and you've only been involved for one campaign. It's not your fault. Mm-hmm. It's not your fault that that's been the reason. So it's it's just a collective thing that, that, that is, it's, that's happened and that everybody's desperate to desperate to get the full, to, to get the nation back to, to a major tournament. But as a player, you don't feel that burden. You certainly won't. And, and the players coming into the group now shouldn't feel that burden because it's not been their responsibility. OK. Now, there were some friendlies before... Uh, Burley lost his job yeah. against Japan and Wales, mm-hmm. and when games like that, friendlies that perhaps meaningless are yeah. end up on the losing side, mm-hmm. how demoralising is it? Is there ever a, a feeling of I wish I wasn't here? No, it was not when you represent the country. I remember the Japan game because I think a, a, a squad of twenty-four players. I think there was twenty-two call-offs, <laughs> um, and I think the only ones that went at the original squad were myself, Gary Caldwell, maybe Christoph Berra. I might be, but there was a lot of call-offs. Um, Any time that you play for your country, for me, it was a tremendous honour. I would never have, even now, you, you, if, if, if you take a call-up to go anywhere, you would go for your country because that's what it means to you. But I think looking back, is that the, any of the Scotland teams that I was involved in, momentum's key. Momentum's key. So when you're picking friendlies, I think it's important that you, you, you find the balance between who you, a top team that you're going to be playing against mm-hmm. to get the public to come and pay watch or do you, do, you, do you make it competitive so that you're trying to build that wee bit of momentum for the, for the players Craig Levine's start yep. um, to his tenure it was ok but um, it could have been worse if you didn't score that goal against Liechtenstein yep. the, the header in the yep. 97th minute yep. can you talk me through that? Uh, listen, that's a, when I look back in my own career you know, you're very much thinking your teammates all the time but for an individual getting the opportunity to score the winner for your country that's the stuff you kind of dream about as a kid and and again, it was a brilliant delivery. I think we absolutely battered them on the night and just couldn't find a way to break them down. So it was a, it was certainly an enjoyable moment for myself. Does, does it go through your head when you're on the park what the subsequent press and public meltdown would be if you don't turn this around against Leicester? No, yeah, like I say, you're, you're only as a player, you're only you, you, you can feel the murmurs of the fans, absolutely no question. But you never once think what are the press going to say or what's anybody. That's, you, you're on that pitch your own mainly only focus is to try and win the game you can't predict the future obviously yeah. you've, you've, you're hoping that you're, you're rising to meet the ball yeah. when it goes in what is the explosion it was just like chaos it was absolutely chaos um, everybody's kind of screaming you're getting carried away the full place is going mental and then you need to kind of calm it down because you know that you've still got a couple of minutes left to hopefully win the game because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't win the game it means nothing <laughs> so, and what's it like after a game like that where you, you've just come through it uh, last minute winner. Yeah. What's the atmosphere like in a dressing room? It was great, you know, but again, it, you were. It was relief, mm-hmm. relief more than anything because you've, you know, you've kept, you've kept the, you've kept the group state, the, the qualifying campaign on, going slightly. 
Um, it was just relief any time you won a game of football at that age, in that stage, it was a relief. And Craig Levine, away to the Czech Republic, yep. selected the much maligned yep. 4-6-0. Yep. How do the players respond to a game plan I've like that? I've said this to loads about, about, about Craig. You know, I think players will always, whether it's the right decision or the right time to play a certain way, that's up to the managers. That's why the managers get paid the money that they get paid is to make decisions. But what they need to make sure is, is that they give, you the, they give the players the reason why they're playing a certain way. Um, and Craig did that. Craig spoke to us as a group and says, look, this is the way we're looking to play. This is going to be each individual's role within that team. So every, all of us as a group of players, whether you agreed with it or not, you knew what your role was going to be, you knew what the game plan was, and, and, and it, wasn't as, it certainly wasn't as bad as what everybody made it out to be. But the one thing I would say about Craig is that he was organised and, and players knew exactly what their job was. So I would, there would be no criticism for me in the way Craig set up his team because... He never just picked a team, balls up in the air, picked out 11 bodies and said, right, we're going to play against them. He explained to everybody whether he want, it was the right way and what he'd explained or how he went about it. That was up to his, that was his discretion as a manager and how he felt, how he managed players. But he always gave a reason why he was why he were going to play a certain way. OK. Now, the Spain game at Hamden wasn't too yeah. long after that. That really could have been... It was, it was a special night anyway, the way that Scotland yeah. came back into that game, but... It could have been even better. Lorente's winning goal. Yep. You've missed the ball by yep. about two inches, just slightly yep. mistimed it. How much did that play on your mind? Um, massive, all? massive. Because you you had worked so hard to get into the game, and I knew as soon as as, as soon as the ball came in, and I went up to that, I knew I'm just sure I can't, I just can't get this. So um, I knew I had uh, I knew I had made a mistake with that, and I, against good opposition, you're going to going to pay the penalty as such. But uh, listen, that was there was. When you look back in your career, I was lucky enough to have to have played in so many big occasions, big games at club and country, which I never ever dreamed of at, at 15 that I would have achieved anywhere near what I did achieve. And you only do that through hard work and having good teammates with you. And, and the moments that I that I had with Scotland, I'll, I'll cherish for the rest of my life. Is PK's own goal that brought it back to 2-2? Is that mm-hmm. up there with one of the, the best moments on a Scotland Park that you've been on? Possibly, but again, you're, you're going back to what we was saying about when, when you scored the winner and you're thinking that's it you've still got, you've still got minutes mm-hmm. to go so in PK you just think about how you can how you can get the next one as such so it's just relief any time a goal goes in it's relief more than anything and what about Hamden that night that's kind of an example of mm-hmm. it at its best yep. really when yep. Scotland get themselves back into the game the crowd mm-hmm. whip themselves up into a frenzy pushing the, the yep. team on once it's rocking once it's, and I always think anything you're under the lights at Hamden it's a full house it's brilliant it's, it gives the players such a boost and such a lift when you can hear everybody getting behind you. And that was your last appearance for yep. Scotland, I believe. Yep. Was that did that come as a surprise to you? After uh, that? It did because I had uh, we played the Pharaohs after that in a friendly, and Craig phoned me and had said to me that he was going to go with younger players for that, and then he would I would I would come he would bring the ones that he trusts back in. Um, I didn't get injured at Middlesbrough. I think I was out for four months, four and a half months with an ankle problem. Um, but I, I never heard from him. I never, he never spoke to me. He never, which I thought was poor. I thought it was because as a manager, you've listened football's ruthless, and the fact that if somebody doesn't want to talk to you, they don't talk to you, which was fine. But that's how Craig went about it. And I then come back in, and, and then I played at Middlesbrough again all along, and then never got back in. So um, it was, it was, it was a strange one to take. Was it hard to accept? It's not hard to accept. Because it's football, it's but 
it's just, just the way that, that's the nature of the game so uh, and again I've seen Craig since and there's certainly no hard feelings at all I was lucky enough to play 26 times for Scotland some people play their full career and never play once mm. so for me to have done it 26 times was terrific and, and, and it was achievements and, and proud moments that like I say you'll live with me forever so I loved working under every single manager I would have loved it to have lasted forever I'd love to still be playing just now for Scotland mm-hmm. but unfortunately time doesn't stand still for anybody So how do you look back on it overall then you've, you've almost summed it up very well there but if you could pick out a few highlights or the best moment the, the worst moment biggest regret that I would say the, the, the best moment would have been the first time I sang the national anthem at Georgia and you can see your family that's, that's, that's the best that's the best feeling to go against Liechtenstein, France away, terrific. In the low, the low points, I'd probably say that that Spain game. If I could change mm-hmm. five settings, I would take it. Change that five settings. Um, but again, loved every minute of it. Loved working under every manager that I worked under. Learned a lot from them, and it was it was great. Just goes by that quick. And if we could just quickly, let's just say in a four four two formation mm-hmm. out of the players that you played alongside with Scotland, what would your your ideal lineup be? Oh. Uh, what would they go the best players I've played with? In a Scotland jersey, in a 4 4 In a Scotland jersey, I would go Alan Hutton at right back. I'd probably go. You have to play yourself, of course. Oh no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't play myself. <laughs> um, I would go. It would be a toss up between David Weir and Gary Caldwell. Uh, I would put the two in then, instead okay. of me picking myself. Okay. I would put the two in. I would probably go Gary Naismith at left back. I would go but Fergie's my midfielder Fergie was top drawer I'd probably go Fergie and Fergie and Fletch maybe ok um, I would go off the right I'd go Scott Brown I would go off the left Sean Maloney and I would go up top Kenny and Faddy ok that's it very that solid Scotland team, Aye, absolutely. What are your thoughts on the, the current situation? Obviously, the, the Nations League gives yep. Scotland an extra chance at reaching the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think it's a, a positive time to be a Scotland fan? I, I think so. You know, I think it was. I think Gordon leaving was. I don't know if it was the right the right time. I'd have kept him. I'd have kept him as manager for another another campaign. Um, you can always tell how a Scotland squad shaped him up with the amount of call-offs there is when a squad gets announced mm-hmm. and there was never ever any call-offs when, when it was called and it was in charge um, I've worked with Big Alec really really enjoyed my time working with him um, I've no doubt the players will be the exact same now he's a proper man-manager um, but I think it's a transition period just now for the for the country I think a lot of players will, are, are, the age of the, the, of the group again has to get younger and younger which happens so it's difficult and I, I think if the Celtic players are, are are crucial to it. I think if you're playing, in, if you're playing every week at either of the old firm, and it's a good, strong Celtic Rangers, I think your national team's always better for it. And the better players that you've got playing in, in down south in the in English Premier League, it's it's if you can get more of them playing, I think it'll be a bit fine fatal. But I think I think Alec just needs a win, and hopefully that can yeah. kick, kick off the kind of campaign and that kind of good feeling. Absolutely. Right, well, Stephen, thanks very much for no coming on the show. Really appreciate it. So, thank you very much.
Podcast Network.